Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Gotti, and uh... Jared Brandon as Jared Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. That's let's a good just one. let's just go with that. Okay, hey everybody, so- it's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs Podcast. We're thrilled to death that you are listening to our show. Uh, where we talk about gear and we talk uh, to people who build gear and we learn about new gear and we talk to people who are moving our guitar community along in various ways. Moving and shaking. Moving and shaking through either musicianship, content creation, or what have you. And speaking of one of those things, we've got a very special guest on tonight. Very special guest. Who are you? Uh, William John Bennett III. Excellent. So, William John Bennett III, please tell our lovely audience out there and supporters what exactly you do and where people can see and hear what you do. Uh, I guess at the heart of it, I would be referred to as a content creator. I make uh, you know, pedal demo videos mainly on uh, Instagram. You can find me uh, at William John Bennett III. Uh, just a bunch of eyes instead of the third. If yeah. you're searching, no the, no the. <laughs> uh, frequently confused with William John Bonetti. Yes, I Bonetti. get that a lot. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Show off all kinds of gear. Uh, photography was kind of where I started with it. So there's a lot of gear photos on there, and then now there's you know, kind of some funny stuff too. Just keep it fresh, and it's always something. Yeah. Um, and then you also have a YouTube channel, correct? I do a very neglected YouTube channel. <laughs> where can people? Where 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 do you go for that? That would be. Uh, well, that's a good I question. Think w. I think it's uh, the WJ, channel name is WJB three. Yeah, WJB I I I. WJB. I think it, I, I think it might just be the number three on the YouTube. Number three. Try both of those. You'll figure it yeah, out. You'll, you'll get, get there. there. I. I Originally, it was the full thing, but I guess there was a Republican from the 90s named William John Bennett. The third? And you, not the third. Oh. But you got to dig through a lot of his videos to, to find any of my gear stuff. Okay. If well, you search yeah. the full thing. So. Try to maybe don't do that. But uh, And if you get stuck, just ask us or whatever. <laughs> You'll figure it out. Um, yeah, so definitely when, you know, as we're going through uh, the show, uh, hop on over to Instagram and uh, you can see his happy smiling face, his happy bearded glass bespectacled face and um, and a bunch of really great gear. And I think one thing that is interesting about the the gear that you have is that it's really, it's accessible gear. So I think you're very relatable in that aspect. Um you're you're the you're the common man's William John Bennett the <laughs> third. <laughs> we are going to call him Steve for the rest of the show. Uh, no, Steve we from will, Canada. We will we will honor that. Yeah, you're calling from Canada tonight. We got a lot of good Canadians up there making stuff and stuff. Oh, oh yes. Canada. Yeah, there's a there's a few of us. Yeah, it's like a whole country. <laughs> it's almost like 33 million, I think. <laughs> At least six of them make demos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, uh, that was terrible. Time. I well, no, I was I was making fun of myself for you know. Uh, anyways, whatever. Yes. Um, hey, speaking of that, Demi Dash has got some new stuff coming out. I believe. Oh. Yeah, we had uh, we had uh, Demi Dash on before, and 
So make sure you go check out what, what he's up to. We should have him back on when, when he yeah, gets so that sorted out. We should go back through the list and see, because I'm sure there's people. Oh, there that, definitely that, are. That, that in fact, updated. we're going to, uh, Mask is going to be back on. Oh. Mask Electronics. We're going to have our, our old pal Champion Lecky back on. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I'm not going to go through the entire thing, okay. but there are a couple people that we keep getting respect. Hey, like, what's going on with this guy? Or we see, you know, we keep a pretty close uh, eyeball on what is happening. And so when there's a lot of movement on something, we say, hey, what's that seismographic thing happening over there? And we check it out. <laughs> um, so anyhow, so that's coming up. And I guess that's, a, that's kind of an announcement. Any anything else, Tony? Do you have anything? I don't have any announcements. Okay. but I did have a very exciting musical week. Nope, that's not part of the thing yet. Oh, Jared, <laughs> no announcements, guys. Okay, your uh, beautiful white, um, uh, insanely. Did I not talk nice about nice guitar? That? Oh no, no, yeah, yeah, you, you you did. I just want to make sure it made it home safe and sound. I have it, and I've gotten it out a few times and cranked it up, and uh, I love it. Excellent. Okay. Very nice. Well, uh, let's let's just shimmy on over to what's going on in our musical worlds this week. Tony. Now? We're going to start with you. Okay. And then we're going to check out with our pal, William John Bennett III. Okay. Okay? I can do that. Do it. So this week... Um, I said goodbye to a, a, a special guitar that I put back together, uh, the 1965 Gibson Melody Maker, Joan Jett slash yeah. uh, Eric Carmen uh, modification that I did and refinished and all that. Well, I, I, I actually <laughs> I sold it to a good friend of ours, Billy Spitfire. Ah, oh, yeah. So he's a great dude. He's a great dude, and... I actually had a couple of other guitars uh, that uh, that he, he w- I thought he'd be interested he in. He needs a lightweight guitar right now. Well, he does. His back, <laughs> his back is bad. And yeah. he said, well, what about that Joan Jett one? I said, well, so we, you know, we hemmed and hawed and everything else. And, yeah. And so he, he just fell in love with the guitar. Uh, he, you know, he wrote back even after he bought it. Oh, my God, this is the best thing I ever bought. I love it. I love it. Love it. Blah. So, uh Hate to see him go, but happy to see him go to a good home. That's and somebody that'll appreciate it. Yeah, and he for sure will. He's a yeah. good player. Um, but on the upside, in uh, in yet more book news, um, I just got in my copy of Bakersfield Guitars: The Illustrated History by Willie G. Mosley. Aha! Uh-huh. And um, Willie is a contributor to Vintage Guitar Magazine. He's written several articles. He has about 14 books under his belt now, guitar books. Mm-hmm. Um, this book um, is, I, I, you know, I, I, I think it creates the definitive history of Mosrite guitars, along with other brands in California. And, uh, you know, there's been very, very little written about these guitars. Um, they have... Uh, Oh, geez. Over the years, you know, there's been, you know, a couple of guitar books. They might show a couple of photos here and there. This one goes into such depth and detail, and it covers uh, from the very beginning uh, with with Semi Mosley, what he was doing uh, after he had several bad fortunes with the company. Um, 
and then he shifted over to uh, a brand called Gospel Guitars. So is Willie his son or something? No, there's no relation. What? Yeah, it's <laughs> what are the odds, right? That's well, yeah. Okay. So, um, but the really cool thing about it is, uh, in addition to at least half the book, I'd say, being on Moses Wright, um, he covers some other brands like Hallmark and Standell. Encore. And, I mean, there's, there's uh, some brands that I, I've maybe seen photos of or maybe heard of, but, you know, he actually covered things uh, in very good detail. And uh, the Hallmark brand was uh, uh, brought back to life uh, by uh, Bob Shade, uh, he, I think he bought the brand name and all the you know, company rights and everything and the designs and such. And Bob is making some really nice copies of uh, Hallmark guitars. He might, you know, like the swept wing. It's kind of uh, like a decent-looking reverse V. Yeah, yeah, I guess you could say that. But but not stupid-looking. Yeah. So Hall I think go Hallmark ahead. was doing that Batmobile yeah. one, too, right? I remember that. The that was Joker, cool. the Batmobile. There was the one with the... Uh, the Iron Cross. Uh, so there's some cool stuff. And he also makes a really fantastic uh, Moserite uh, copy, replica, whatever you want to call yeah. it. And, um, and and Bob's a good guy. Uh, at some point, it might be nice to... I'm trying to see if he's interested in coming on board. He did have some involvement with this book. Um, but it's it's really cool. And, you know, I, I, I just... If you're interested in some off-the-wall brands and maybe ones that you hadn't really heard a lot about of, especially California brands, uh, this is a great book. Uh, again, I, I don't have another book in my collection that goes into such depth and detail on on these brands. So, Wow. Go buy it. Very neat. Yeah, they got the Dragula one in there, too, yep. from uh, yeah. the, the Munsters. Oh, yes. Yeah, there's, all, there's so many cool things. And, I mean, you know, the thing about Moserites and some of these other brands is they were, quite honestly, just, you know, handmade guitars uh, up to a point. And then, you know, with Moserite in the 60s, once the Ventures got involved, um, they, you know, had a little more working capital. So they had a pretty highly staffed factory building things. And, yeah, there were some shakeups and different things along the way, but uh, but they're really cool guitars. I have a couple of Moserites in my collection, and uh, they're unusual guitars. They're not the prettiest guitars or the best, they're most well-made guitars, but there's something about them. They're just really cool. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's good sharing stuff there, homeboy. That's what I'm here to do. Much obliged. Uh, William John Bennett III, how about yourself? Uh, it's actually a big week for me, music-wise. A lot of gear. It's been. Uh, I'm pretty excited. My birthday was over the weekend, so I decided oh, to just. Uh, thank you. Happy birthday! <laughs> Had a little like treat yourself moment. Yeah. And just uh, I cleared out some gear and I ordered a Fender Jason Isbell Telecaster. Oh yeah. That I've been like staring at all year. Decided to give that a go. See if I can shake my. Uh, snobby past and play a mexican built fender <laughs> is now is that a, just a no nothing wrong at all it's just it's been a while what color yeah. uh it's like a chocolate sunburst Ooh. yeah double bound telly oh wow yeah it looks nice i'm pretty excited about it very nice I just got today one of the uh the boss tone bender that tb2 oh yeah yeah now is that the wazacraft one yeah yeah what do you think so uh, 
it sounds great. I dot, don't dot, dot. know that I would spend, <laughs> you know, a thousand dollars on reverb for it. Yeah. But I think a if thousand. you were, yeah, they're going big right now. Yeah, they are. Um, I think if you're lucky enough to get one at like retail, that's a great fuzz pedal. Hmm. But uh, yeah, it's one of those ones right now where I feel like in another year or two that'll be like Klon level stupid maybe or so I don't know. Yeah, well I think that's what people are banking on because yeah, it seems it seems like people are buying that stuff like based <laughs> just on futures. Like it might be worth money. I'll buy it now. Yep. Yep. Front loading everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for some people, that's great, especially like small builders when they come out and like, hey, we got this. You know, you never know what's going to happen. What's going to blow up. Yeah, exactly. Which is pretty cool. And then I think that's also uh, one of the more accessible things, and not everybody can afford a, you know, a vintage Gibson or something like that. But um, you know, most of us can, can treat ourselves to like a really special pedal or, or something like that without, without too much anguish. Yeah, you can make it work a little easier. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Jared, about yourself. The first thing I'll share is I got an update about my 1969 uh, Martin D38. It's a uh, is that a 30 D35? Yeah, it's a D35. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Dan Shin, he's re- he's kind of redoing all that, and he sent me pictures, and the Brazilian back looks just really splendid, and really really glad they're making headway on that. They've had that for a long time. And also my my seventy four SG uh, that I I don't remember if it's seventy three or seventy four, but he's like uh, when I first when I first took it up there I'm like hey uh, I want like a gaudy purple sparkle finish he's like ah I don't want that I'll just fix it I'm like eh hey, all right whatever and then he said hey what uh, what are we refinning like the other day he's like what are we refinning that on and I'm like why don't you do a cherry. So I'm gonna do the, I'm gonna do the cherry finish, and I might do. That's gonna might, another gonna, cherry one. Yeah, but it's it's gonna be heritage cherry, not the dark maroon cherry that they did in the '70s. They added in about '65. Gibson added a darkener to the cherry finish, and it it darkened it up a little bit, and. That's when they started to go a lot more kind of maroonish, right? Yes, exactly. So they put that maroon additive or whatever the heck. And I really don't like that. I like I want to see more of the wood grain. So I said, you know what? Repair it and then do it uh, a heritage cherry like early sixties, and then I'm gonna put a white guard on it, what a white bat bat wing guard on it. Oh, um, not sure if I'm gonna do. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'll do triple or gold, and I might go with nickel hardware too. Well, I have the original gold hardware, but I might do new nickel hardware. I don't know. Huh. Wow. Do, like, do a new look. Not not do any relicking or anything. Just have a nice, fresh, new look. Uh, brand new, finished out guitar. So Very cool. Know. Sweet. Uh, and the other thing, um, I'll talk about work a little bit. I work at, at Gibson for those of you who forgot or don't care. Um, <laughs> but I work at the... I work at the headquarters, and I have a small lab in the in the corner of the office, in a in a nice little laboratory room, and we also have a few other uh, tools in there um, for uh, development. 
And one thing we have in there now today, as I was in there working, um, they brought in a bookshelf and there's a lot of information um, that I'll have access to throughout all the years. It's just basic uh, guitar information um, and data about all the guitars. I mean, and it goes back a long time, decades of it. So I, I was... I was really thrown back. I'm like, I can't believe I'm just going to be able to come here anytime I want and just look up anything. Huh. But that doesn't mean I'm going to. So, <laughs> but you, but you could. So don't, so don't I, put I, in I your could. requests. Is that what you're yeah, saying? I guess. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I just, I, I just, um, I don't know. It. I just want to pinch myself because I, I was really um, excited about that, even though. Honestly, I wouldn't spend time doing any of that unless I needed to know some information for work. But yeah, uh, it it was really cool. It was still really, really awesome to see that. So very cool. Dig it, man. How about you, Todd? Well, let me tell you. Actually, I don't have to tell you, Tony. <laughs> uh, I had a absolutely delightful surprise uh, for my particular week. Got a call from my good pal Tony across the table here. He said, hey, you want to go see Joe Bonamassa tonight? And I said, uh, yeah, that'd be pretty fantastic. Now, I will state right now, I, have, I am not a uh, well-versed in not only his music, but also I just have never been a quote-unquote blues dude. Uh, and I think that's attributed to like the classic blues, like BB King and stuff. It's just not my bag of chips. Um, I can't even explain how many conversations that start with what, how can you rock and roll is based on the blues? You, you, how can you say you like Led Zeppelin, but you don't like the blues? What's wrong with you? Like people freak out on me about that. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Did, would you be able to say that, you know, Joe Bonamassa also does some kind of old school rhythm and blues, like Blues Brothers type of stuff? Well, he from from what I understand, the tour that you guys went to, um, that was the you know it's not the horns and all this stuff. This was more of like a, this is a rock rock show. rock show, a rock a blues based rock show, but he wasn't doing single note. BB King Weedly bits, you know, it's right. like that. Just it's just not. It's all over the place. Me. And he had a second guitarist. He did Ooh. have a second guitarist who was actually very talented. That okay, so the the band that he was playing with was outstanding, and it made me. I remember my dad telling me a long time ago. Um, anytime he'd hear he'd, anytime that we'd hear. Frank Sinatra or see anything about Frank Sinatra is a super dad thing. He's like, you know, <laughs> Frank Sinatra's only good because he had the best band in the world. It, I, he reminded me of that every time. Like I had never heard it before. <laughs> I still does it. And it, I was reminded of that. And I'm like, that right there is my dad's view on Frank Sinatra incarnate right there. Um, the, the drummer had, I, I mean, his right foot was like a damn howitzer cannon. It, it just, it, yeah. it was shaking our shirts. And it looked like he was 
he wasn't even moving his arms and the sound that was coming out of that. And then they had uh, the, their bass player, um, Michael Rhodes, I believe, yeah, is Michael like Rhodes. the most recorded bass player in Nashville history. And he's on everything. Yeah. And then the organist, it's like, it's like it was, it Re- was a Reese Winans. Reese, Reese Winans. He who played was with Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yes. I mean, it was a pretty star studded cast up there. Um, but the show was absolutely fantastic. I was truly blown away. Um, that said, it wasn't because Joe was up there. He's obviously an incredible guitar player. He yeah. is in very, very skilled at what he's he does. He's a big gear nerd, too. He's a huge gear nerd. But as to the sh- songs they were playing, it wasn't a grandstand for him to grandstand. Right. They were really, really well done, well written, well orchestrated songs. And that's what I was like, okay, I can, I can get into this. I well, can absolutely get into this. And what was very cool is Joe gave uh, keyboard player time to oh, yeah. do some soloy stuff. He gave the other guitar player time to do soloy stuff. I, I mean, I thought, um, to me, what he was able to do on stage and not just say, look at me, look at me, look exactly. at me. These guys, and, and, and it shows. And th- those guys, that was, that was probably the most solid band uh, in terms of sound and tightness that was, I've seen was in outstanding. a long time. Yeah. But and, what was better than going to see the show? Well, well uh, now, one other thing about the actual show, and then we'll touch on the other thing, is that these weren't, nobody's doing, it, it wasn't like an in-ear monitor where the amps are under the stage <laughs> or in, in the back in isolation cabinets. No, these were, what you said, two Dumbles. Two Dumbles, two Marshalls. Two Marshalls, two four twins. twins. Two like, twins. And they were all, like, dimed. dimed. <laughs> it was... I mean, he had plexi, plexi guards in front yeah. of all of them. But that sounds like was, enough goat piss to turn into gasoline, right? Pretty much. <laughs> yes. It was... You could feel it, and that that's what was great. It, it really... It was special. Um, so... You know, Tony's been doing business with Joe for a long time. And so we had the absolute privilege of hanging out in his dressing room um, and talking to him. And Tony was talking to him. And I get in there. I'm like, wow. I, okay. Joe Bonamas is sitting right there playing a, playing his, you know, was it 61 Strat? 60 slab board. 60 yeah. slab board. And his fingers are just. <laughs> I, I was trying to keep track of what he was like. It was hand. I was like, "Well, I, it's got. How has he got three hands? What the hell is going on here?" And he was just talking to Tony, and his and his three hands were just going berserk on you know just warming up, you know. And I was like, "This is pretty special." Um, and you know, I didn't want to look like a total schmo just standing there going, "Hi." <laughs> Well, but you but asked you some, some yeah, questions. Yeah, so we started talking to him about the, uh, uh, you know, um, he, he had a little black star, this tiny little black star, like, backpack kind of amp that had some, uh, it had a course and a delay on it, I Sounded think. Sounded like, yeah. Um, it was, like, just batter, running on batteries. And I said, you know, uh, so is that what you usually choose to, to warm up? And he was saying, he's like, this is honestly about the volume that I play at home, which led into a great story about, 
you know, uh, that we had a great discussion about, does that help you kind of, I asked him, does that help you kind of like hone in on the actual song rather than just going, yeah, I'm rocking out and kind of like losing, uh, getting too involved in that and not, on, not concentrating on what the song structure is and stuff. Cause that happens to me a lot. I get, I can fall into that trap. And we talked about hearing and all that business. And he explained to us about how he's just, how he can get what is like the, the amount of tones between six and 10 on a strat at a lower volume, he can write a whole album on, you know, yeah. uh, it was just, it was really cool. Cause we just, we just started nerding out on, on the gear stuff and then talking about the amps, how he's, it was, that was really interesting because we've talked about on the show before running multiple amps and there, it's one thing to say, I'm going to run the, my, you know, I'll run my new Marshall origin and my, um, super black magic. And I'm going to run those together to get the sound I want, but he's literally using his amps as an, as a live EQ. Yes. Which him explaining about that, like <laughs> I was worried that we were taking up his time. No, no. He just went, he went for it. He's like, well, here's what we're doing. Blah, 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 blah. Told us the whole dang story. Yeah. And it was, it was awesome. He's using, I think he's, his marshals are for marshals the bass tones. Bass tones. His twins, twins were uh, twins were the mid, mids, the mids, and then the and then the doubles were the highs. Yeah, like what? <laughs> That's awesome. So he's yeah, but, he's, he's but, got a system that figured out there. That's but sure. it was all like very scientific, and he was explaining how you can't ask a single speaker to deliver a hundred percent of each of those tones. It, it's impossible for that to happen. Or amp. Or, or amp, and I, by amp I just mean like whatever's coming out of yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, if you are saying to the to the amp via the speaker, you have to have all the tones in perf- exactly the way you want them. There's they're going to mash into each other. Something's going to under under deliver just because that's the nature of a of a speaker. So it's just really interesting talk. Uh, and and it was just cool. We we're just three dudes nerding out on guitar stuff. <laughs> and then you know that same guitar, he comes out and he and he's got his blue shark skin suit on, and his glasses, his hair slicks back, and he starts wailing on the guitar that he was noodling on. And I was like, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that was a real real treat. So thank you so much, Tony, and thanks to uh, Joe, who's maybe listening. Maybe. You know who knows uh, for for spending time with us. It, it meant a lot. So. There you go. We gave him a shirt. So, <laughs> I mean, heck, that'd be great. He said he turned in his laundry, so he's probably going to wear it. Yeah. I, <laughs> let's, let's see that happen. All right. One of the great things that come out of uh, Canada are our friends from Tour Gear Designs. William John Bennett III, are you familiar with Tour Gear Designs patch cables? Uh, I'm about to be. You better believe it. These are... Absolutely delightful pieces of equipment because they work, they are super affordable, and they are small enough to allow even more pedals on your board because they're not taking up all kinds of extra room with oversized jacks, ill-fitting jacks, or any of that. The jacks are literally the, the diameter of the actual jack itself. So, so the, the plug... 
you know, that goes in. It's not taking up all kinds of extra room like a big giant pancake or something like that. It's a grape. It's a grape. Yeah. You had me at they work, but that's a bonus. It, it's a huge <laughs> bonus. I mean, it really, really is. It's a total it's space saver. Yeah. It's a space saver. They're I know. We've all stuff. run into those situations where you're like, cool, I'm going to plug in my... Oh, uh, what? Now, I yep. can't... Those won't fit because there has to be a... The, I need my power plug in there. And sometimes people don't... You know, they don't allow, allow enough room on the pedals. Mm. And uh, so I've run into that several times. This solves that. And another thing that's going to help solve the, the tremendous cost of most patch cables is that you can go over to tourgeardesigns.com and you can get yourself a whole, a whole myriad of sizes and shape configurations. S and C shape. S are great if you have a top mounted jack that needs to go into a side mounted jack, like a like you know a, a boutique pedal to a boss pedal or something like that, or vice versa. Now, Tony, yes, what is the code for that? Well, you could go on your checkout and just type in the guitar knobs. That's right. You're going to save ten percent on your entire order. We always say your entire order because you're not going to just get one. It's just, you will, you're going to say, I'm going to stock up. And, you know, I mean, we're here in the U.S., and I said, well, it's probably going to take a long time to get nope. these things. Honest to God, I ordered them on a Saturday. They were there on Wednesday. Yeah. And That's so, awesome. you know, it's, 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 it's and they're, they're just a great outfit. They, they really are. Uh, so we want to send you to tourgeardesigns.com, put in the guitar knobs, in the coupon code, save yourself some money, and we want to thank them for sponsoring our four on the floor. Jared? How about a little bit of this? <laughs> That's a good one. One, two, one, two, three, four on the floor. All right, William John Bennett third. please tell us your four on the floor. All right, so first up for me would be the Benson preamp pedal. Mm. I love this drive because it is... It's like a playing an amp, like cranked. It just feels like a, a cranked amp. I already sound like an idiot. Uh, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> just, that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I bought that. I was really into – I was following them on Instagram, I don't know, I guess when it came out 2018 or so, and I, I couldn't afford one of their amps. And they released a pedal, and I thought, perfect. And at the time, I had a Princeton Reverb, and I was in an apartment, apartment and I, you know, had neighbors, so I couldn't yeah. really – <laughs> crank it up and get it to break up. So this pedal was fantastic because it just felt like I had that amp cranked. And that was the biggest thing. Still rolls off with the volume knob. Uh, so even now, like I, I've got a Benson amp I play through all the time, and this is, I almost treat it like it's a drive channel. Ah. I run I run my whole board into that pedal. Really? Yeah. So it's, I set my, my amp kind of clean-ish, about to break up, and then if I want crunch... I hit the preamp. Hmm. That's and, yeah, really it, interesting. I don't know that we've I as many board configurations and you know we've been doing four on the floor for all going on six years now. Um oh about five years, because we didn't start that till later. That doesn't matter. Point is we've talked about the pedals and configuration a lot, and I don't think we've heard anybody run their entire pedal chain into a preamp. Yeah, I mean, to me, I just treat it like it's the front end of my amp. That's pretty uh, cool. I'm I love. Gonna, I'm going to try that at home. 
I like that idea. Yeah, it's a good idea. See what happens. It's of course, great, you're right? going to have to loan me your Benson, but we'll, we'll work it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can make it happen. So, uh, yeah, and, sorry. Now, is that, is that something that, when you said it sounds like an amp that's being cranked, but then you got the amp and you have that cranked, how do you feel like they're actually really close or? Yeah, it's definitely in the ballpark. Cool. Like I was I was pretty impressed. Like I said, they, they pair perfectly together, but it works great with other amps. Like I used it with the Princeton for a couple of years. It's great if you want to just use it as a traditional overdrive too. Um, before I had that rig, I was running a Friedman and uh, would just use it as a traditional like boost, and it sounded great there too. Excellent, excellent. Forgive my ignorance. Um, does is the electrical system different in Canada than it is in the U.S.? No. Okay, so you're running one ten, one twenty, whatever. It is. Yeah, 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 yeah. All the same. Okay, because I, I guess it's a fair question. You know, I, I was yeah. no, I know because in some ways, you know, Canada mirrors what the U.K. is doing, but uh, it's good to know. Yeah, so you don't really have any issues then with uh, with uh, you know transformers or you know having no no thank thank god yeah <laughs> it's nice and easy very cool uh how about number two uh number two i picked the greer amps super hornet ah i have that, you have that. i love it that's great yeah i'm a big uh like that octave fuzz like that fox tone machine circuit has been like one of my favorites for years that's always like my kind of go-to lead sound you know, if I'm writing stuff, I always just want that nasty kind of like Queens of the Stone Agey yeah. sort of thing. I love Queens of the Stone Age. Oh my gosh, oh, oh. probably my favorite band. But uh, well, I'm also a Nick Greer fan. I mean, he's, he's such a he's a great dude. Who's Nick? Yeah if, ever, yeah, if you ever meet him in person or go to Nam, try to find Nick. He's just he's a, a wonderful gentleman to talk to. Yeah, yeah. But, we we chat quite a bit. Uh, this was one. He was actually one of the first brands to ask me to make any content. So. Excellent. What was the first thing you did with him? Uh, he sent me a, a batch. So I got, uh, he sent me a Lightspeed, a Southland, and the Super Hornet. I have the Southland and the Super Hornet. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. And this one I fell in love with because I was using, um, what did I have? I had a full tone Ultimate Octave, mm. which is another great pedal, same circuit that it's based on. Mm -hmm. But the fuzz without the octave engaged didn't do a whole lot for me mm -hmm. whereas the super hornet sounds badass either way it really does it's a handsome pedal too it does look good he nailed the design on it really it, it sharp feels like a van yeah. from the 70s <laughs> it totally I mean, does it, uh, it, the the not the the knobs the paint you know the the uh the paint scheme on it totally yeah it's gorgeous like super retro vibe it's really cool yeah he did a great job on that uh let's see what he got number three uh, I've got my trusty uh, Boss CE2. Ooh, okay. I've got, I don't know what year this one is, but it's uh, made in Taiwan, and it's great. I picked that up uh, far too cheap a few years back at a guitar shop I used to work at. Mm. And it's just like how when I hear chorus, that's the sound. Like this thing, double noon, it's perfect. Yeah. Every other pedal I've had... You know, any chorus pedal I've ever had on the board, I end up just setting it like I would my CE2. Mm -hmm. So it got to a point where I was like, why do I even have other chorus pedals when I have the CE2? Let's just use it. Yes. Yeah. 
You, you just you just hit something that I think is kind of interesting. Um, I, I, so many times with pedals, I think especially with old pedals, and you look and you're like, there's not that many knobs. This isn't going to be this good. Like some kind of weird math happens in your head. It's like, <laughs> I'm not going to get all these great, amazing tones that I want because there's just not that many knobs. You look at a, like a, a Maxon or something like that or, or, or an old Boss or, a, or an old DOD or MXR. One of those sort of like big ones that came out of there in Ibanez, those those five brands that those early ones, they're really simple pedals. Yep. Um and it, the thing is, if you if you can if you get the sound right out of the gate without having to mess with fourteen different settings, that's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean it comes down to what you like. That. Yeah. You know, like I had uh, a walrus Julia for a while. And that's like a killer pedal. It can do a ton of stuff, lots of options. Mm-hmm. Like it does more than my CE2. But at the end of the day, when I want a chorus pedal, mm-hmm. I was just dialing it in that way anyway. So yeah, you know, kind of recognizing what you need and what's going to do it. Yep, I CE2 is totally perfect for understand me. Understand that. Uh, all right, what's last? Last but not least, I've got the uh, the Chase Bliss CXM nineteen seventy eight. Yes. Which is there. And and did you hire somebody to run that when you're playing or <laughs> it just does it itself. It's that's, a robot. That's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> does everything except make breakfast. Yeah. So let's let's dive into that because I I feel like that's one that came out and I could be wrong, but I kind of got the vibe that people are like, Yep, I can't either I can't afford that, so I'm not gonna bother trying to, to talk about it or understand it or figure it out or people were on the f- complete opposite end which were just like give me that thing i want the thing i, I don't even care what the thing does it moves <laughs> and and they're like it's like a cult status now yeah I, I definitely would agree it's uh i get that a lot in like questions and so you paid for that thing i was like i, I did <laughs> i was when they first released it or when i saw the like like nam promos i was like oh i gotta have that that's yeah, I'm, like I love that style of reverb, that like '80s lexicon vibe. Uh huh. And and then they put out the price point. And I was like, well, I'm never getting that reverb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like, that'll be yeah. fun to watch. And then Maris, you're put all out, out of a, kidneys to sell. Is that what happened? Or <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mar- <laughs> Maris put out a demo for it, and I was like, oh man, damn it! Like I need to make this work. Yeah. So I kind of I had a couple other like I had a chi- I had the Dark World and I had a Mercury Seven. So I just. Sold those and it I got pretty close to evening out and I don't regret it. It sounds amazing. Like it's a an amazing product, but it I, yeah, it's a lot. So for those that aren't as familiar with it, um, but just walk us through what's so amazing and and at bare minimum, what does it do? So at its heart, it's based on your eighties like lexicon reverb units, like studio reverbs. Uh, I'm going to blank. I can't remember the actual model number of the lexicon they're going after. But so you've got uh, a digital room, a plate, and a hall reverb on there. And the total control them is wild. Like uh, you don't just have your standard decay time that you would on a reverb pedal. You actually set your decay based on frequency. So you have a slider for the bass frequencies in that reverb tank, the Mm. mids, the treble. It's really intense to try and took a bit of time to learn how it all interacts, mm-hmm. but it's just so nice. Like, it just feels like I'm giving my, my tone this hug. <laughs> like, it's just cozy. 
and you know it'll do the kind of you know Blade Runner style stuff if you want to get crazy with it. But just as a like a tool, it's awesome for recording. Mm. And then yeah, it's like thirty presets. The knob, like the faders move, which is obviously worth you know six hundred of the seven hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Where it's like it moves, man. It moves. Whoa. I didn't even touch it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's like those two guys, like Maris and, and Chase Bliss, are just like probably on top when it comes to the digital stuff. And yeah. Like, you know, the collaborations was really cool to see. Yeah. That that's, it is a gorgeous pedal. Um, and obviously with those brands, you know, that there's no, uh, no cost spared in making sure that every aspect of that is going to be absolute tippy top. Yeah. That's, I mean, realistically part of it too, is if I didn't say it was essential, I'd feel like an idiot for spending that much on it. So, yeah, so it's essential. <laughs> like, yeah, it's you gotta, gotta I gotta it. have it. That's what I tell myself every time. Yes. It's a good thing I I have that or else my day would just <laughs> well, so when I when I when I first got it I I plugged it in next to my flint and I was like, "Oh, I'm kind of an idiot. <laughs> flint sounds pretty good." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, it is great. It's it's a really nice sounding reverb. I regret nothing. Yeah. Well, you know what? You just mentioned the most mentioned pedal we've ever had in all 5 years, which is the flint. So, <laughs> yeah. Somehow you worked the flint in. <laughs> oh, it's that's it's classic. That a great pedal. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's pretty cool, man. We appreciate you doing that and uh, sharing your four on the floor. I think especially coming from um, you know people who are doing demos and creating content and stuff that are getting a little bit more access to a lot more gear. It's it's always very. Um, exciting and fascinating to find out, like, what are the things that you, that you are gravitating to? Yeah, what are these guys actually using? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, speaking of that, one of the reasons that you are on the show, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, is that you are out there creating awesome content for all of us guitar uh, enthusiasts to partake in, and we appreciate you doing that. Well, thank you. I enjoyed a lot. It's uh, it's been a lot of fun this year. Yeah, I think you. You, you is it fair to say you? I feel like you, you're hitting a stride. You're like doing. You, you, we're seeing a lot of personality come out in these things. Yeah, I think that's kind of been my whole goal with it is to still try and be relatable. Yeah, and you know, you get an idea of who I am, mm -hmm. and kind of what I'm into, which is kind of important to me. Like, there's a lot of accounts where you just, like, you know, see something, whereas I have no idea who's doing what or yes. who I'm connected with yes so that to me was a big thing i wanted to to make happen i appreciate that um because i do feel like that is yeah it's cool to get the information but when you're able to connect with somebody um you know uh i still i feel like you're you're looking at me while you're talking because your thing is up right now your your instagram <laughs> <laughs> um it's just nice when you can make a connection with somebody else. And you, as you mentioned, you're doing relatable things. You're talking about relatable things. I think one of, you know, one of the, the newer things that's up there is uh, you're talking about gear that's out of your budget. Hey, yeah. that's relatable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, it, so let's back up one second. Oh, first of all, wait a minute. Holy mackerel. Congratulations, by the way. Yeah. Oh, did, you got, you got a new baby, baby coming. I do. 
That's so exciting. I'm so a dad the expensive of three, so gear is I'm just going super out the excited window. about that. That's great. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited, too. Is this number number one? or This is number one, yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. So I'm in that uh, perfect blend between excited and terrified. Uh, that is a good place to be. <laughs> it's the, it's the best, man. Absolutely the best thing in the whole wide world. Um, so, uh, and that, is a, did I see May of 22? Yeah, yeah, May 2022. Okay, all right. Well, good for you, man. The fourth. No. Yes, get you better get all the guitars and stuff right now because that's going away. For and I don't a while. know the gender yet, so I'm committed to that name, boy or girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're gonna think you're like a they're a Star Wars droid or something. As like, what's a WJB four? <laughs> um, so let's see here. You had to start somewhere, and you. I know that one of the things that I locked on to that you that you mentioned was, oh, I thought I was going to be a you know my dreams of being a professional musician. Dot dot dot. And <laughs> why don't you share that sort of thought? What made you share that? Uh, yeah, that one just came across as something I think <laughs> I thought a lot of people would probably relate with. And it's true, right? I mean, I've been playing in bands since I was like 15 years old, and everyone thinks they're going to be the best band in the world. And uh, I did that for a long time. And in my 20s, I was on a band with a, you know, with a record deal, and they were mm. spending lots of cash on us. And we put together this great record, and then it just got buried, and band drama ensued, and life carried on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and now I make Instagram videos. Mm. <laughs> Well, that happens, and it happens to uh, uh, probably the overwhelming majority of those of us who care about this stuff. Um, so that kind of relatableness is what you're, a lot a lot of your content's about. But you're also you're you got some nice chops, man. I like the way that you play because it isn't you know grandstanding the weedly weedly bits and stuff, and and you're playing relatable things. So we can oh, yeah. hear what it's doing. Yeah, that's also because I, I can't grandstand. <laughs> just go with uh, me on this. Just yeah. go with me. <laughs> I'm, I'll try to be relatable. That's, uh, that's about as good as I can play. So that's yeah. uh, what you get. Yeah. So you're holding back so that you don't alienate your audience is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, I, I, I put away that third hand you were talking about uh, with, yeah. uh, with Joe yeah. there. <laughs> I just leave that in the back pocket. Yeah. Hey, so what's your number one uh, guitar that you go to? Like, if you got to pull one of them out there, and then we'll get into some of the other ones that you've got. Yeah, uh, easy, right away. Uh, I have a Frank Brothers um, signature model. Uh, not in the sense that it's a William John Bennett guitar. It's uh, Their model is called Signature. Mm -hmm. And that is my absolute favorite guitar. It's on, like... Probably 90% of any of the demos. Anytime I'm down here playing guitar, that's the first thing I'm picking up. I love it. So what do you like best about it? The weight? The sound? The... It's a bit of everything. I think, I think a lot of it's in my head because I was so involved with, like, they're, they're in Toronto, so I'm only about an hour away. So I got to go in and pick every piece of wood on that build. Oh. And it was totally custom. I love the neck on it. We went with, like, a really heavy, uh, like, a thick, soft V. Mm -hmm. Rounds out a... My favorite neck on the in the guitar rack. Pickups are great. We did uh, Lawler El Reos. Mm. What now? What, what's the El Reo? 
Uh, El Rayo is their... What do they call it? The humber, humbucker for guys who like single coils. Yeah. Oh. It's a, it's a under... Is it underwind, I think? Low yeah, kind of underwound. Like, I don't... I'm bad with some fine spec stuff because I don't pay a lot of attention to that. So mm-hmm. I don't know, like, magnets and that kind of stuff. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. You know uh, who Lawler is. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that yeah, much. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. But Thanks, it just Jared. sounds great. It's very unique. I wanted something... You know, I've got a couple of Gibson guitars, so I didn't want to just get like you know PAFs or something like that. I wanted something unique that was going to make that guitar stick out. Yep. And those pickups just sound great with everything. It's got like kind of the that bite from a humbucker, but it just still jangles. It's awesome. That's really cool. I just did the same thing with my new guitar in that I got uh, I put in a TV Jones Powertron. Uh, it's a oh, single nice. single pickup. Who and told you, who told you about that? Did, well, Tony did. Tony did. I, nice. I I was saying much as you were just talking about. I was like, I want something a little bit different, but it needs to be in this realm. Yeah, I mean, you want something that's going to give you a reason to pick it up, right? Yep, and they look cool too. So, oh yeah. Um, and I've got I, every all of my other guitars. They've got uh, Jared's pickups in there, uh, which sound remarkable. Um, They're now Zach's. Yeah. Well, the Brandon Wound pickups uh, dynasty. Um, so uh, let's see. So that's that's your number one. Now you mentioned a couple other guitars. What, what else are you playing? Uh, my other one that gets probably the most playtime after the Frank. I've got a a Gibson ES three fifty five that was like a bucket listing. It's a nineteen sixty six, and yeah, that gets a lot of playtime. That's a guitar I wanted forever. Now the the 55 is different from the 35 in in what way? Just the bling, same body styles, everything else. It's just uh, you know multiply binding, block inlays, the split diamond headstock, ebony board. Nice. Just the the fancy, the Cadillac version, if you would. Yeah, yeah. The, does the 355 have the Veritone on it? Uh, some of them do. Yeah, mine does. Okay. I like that little bit. Noel Gallagher's got one of those, and I'm, I'm a big that was Oasis one of, fan. Same here. That was, I think that's the reason I wanted one. That was in my, always in my brain. Is like, I need that guitar. Yeah. So we 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 can have a whole nother conversation about all that stuff at, a, at another <laughs> date. Um, actually, one of our uh, supporters, uh, Michio Murakishi, uh, is equal equal nerd about that stuff <laughs> oh yeah and so yeah we get to nerd out on the side with that I, so i even i hunted down the strap that he uses really i did i was like oh that looks so good like when i see pictures of him playing it like i want to look that cool yeah it's the, it's like, the skinny straps are kind of uh, you know uh, they're kind of weird um yeah a little skinny strap with a cool buckle i was like let's yeah. do it i found yeah. the guy online and ordered it it's awesome that's killer um so you've got um you mentioned your your Benson that you're playing. Is that your your main amp or did that replace something? Uh it intentionally it wasn't bought to replace anything, but I love it so much that I've sold everything else since. So it's my only amp right now. Okay. Now we had Frank Brothers on and that's episode one hundred in case oh, anybody perfect. wants be, to to listen to I that. I will be going back. Good. And we also had Benson on, probably right around that time. I gotta check. I'm not. I just remember Frank Brothers was the hundred death episode because that was back. a big one. Yep. Um, now, Benson um, actually 
Bonamassa had a Bent, uh, Benson Leslie speaker up yeah. on stage. Yeah. yeah. They, they, that was a very... I keep joking. That's like the the test of your guitar street cred is if Benson makes you a, a Leslie, you're, you're pretty cool. <laughs> that was, that was an extremely limited run. Uh, yeah. I don't even think it's like a run. Like he's just building them for like people he likes. Like I think Joe's got one and uh, Celise. As far as I know, that's it. Wow. Now, what do you love so much about your, which model do you have and what do you love so much about it? Uh, I have a Monarch, uh, reverb, the combo. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of the best of both worlds for me. I had, I guess, some backstory. Before that amp, I had a uh, 62 Princeton, a little brownie. Mm -hmm. And I loved the sound of that, but I wanted a reverb. Uh, So I ended up selling that uh, to Fender. (laughs) I guess they were doing some, uh, I think it was for research for that Chris Stapleton model. They were buying up old brownies. Yeah, so I sold that to them. And then I had a... 66 Princeton reverb, which was great. But this Benson is like kind of right in between. It's got that clean tone, but it's the mids are pushed. So it's more that early Fender Deluxe kind of style as opposed to the uh, the black panel stuff, the mm. scoop mid thing mm-hmm. with gorgeous reverb built in. And that's what really drew me in. And it's it's all point to point. And the thing that's you right know, away I noticed. It. That's, I mean, that's amazing. yeah. And the thing that drew me right away is it's so uh, direct. Like you hit a note, it feels like you're just right plugged into the speaker. Like That's it's cool. in, it's instant. Kind of scares me a bit because it it took a, a little adjustment to, you know, make sure you you don't suck. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, in that is it um, a little bit? I don't want to say less forgiving. Like it's going to be uh, harsh sounding or difficult to play, but um, there are certain amps and tones that when when you play i i kind of felt that actually from the marshall i was like whoa this is really i'm right there They're yeah not, i, I had, can't hide I had behind that, anything i had that feeling when i when i first got it like it was definitely a okay you better uh work on the chops <laughs> yeah better get that third hand move uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's really cool um by the way uh benson was episode 59 he was wow, that long ago. somehow it he said, "Yeah, sure, I'll I'll waste my time with you clowns." Fifty nine <laughs> episodes in. Wow. Sheesh. I know it doesn't seem like that far, does it? No, it does man, not. oh man. Um, so it, we one of the things that we were discussing earlier was, you know, from your perspective as someone who is creating content, you're being exposed to different kinds of equipment that you might not have chosen to play maybe possibly yeah. um you're you're you've got exposure to things that you might not be able to normally get um or is is uh out of one's range as as you mentioned on here um what when you're considering these things and you're and you're playing how much of the content that you're putting out when when you're doing this do you think about those things does it does it come through do you share that with everybody like walk walk people through that a little bit uh my main thing with like the videos i make is that i don't really want to give opinions i know there's like a whole movement that like demo guys are shills and you're you know given scripts and you know your opinions are paid and all that kind of stuff so i just make videos with playing 
Like, you know, if you can hear it and hear what it does, if you like it, that's Here, it. There's here's no the thing. Yeah, exactly. And my whole, I, I guess my, my thing is this like three sounds, I call it, where I just write a track around three sounds I like from a pedal. Hmm. And, you know, there's no, is it good? Is it bad? It's just, here it is. Do you like it? And I'm, I don't do any extra editing to any stuff. It's pretty raw. And that's like, I just try and keep it simple. What are you using to uh, record that? Uh, everything I'm using that Universal Audio Oxbox. Oh, okay. Di- yeah, direct out of the Benson. It sounds great. That's killer. It's, uh, it's nice for the workflow because I can have like, you know, my drum tracks blasting in the room and I'm not worried about mic bleeds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if I want to do it at two in the morning, I can do it with headphones. That's great. So that's super smart. Um, so in consideration for some of the things, I'm sure you're, you've, you've, first thing you did was probably go through your existing collection of, of things. Um, what are you considering as new gear comes your way or you're requesting it? A lot of it just comes down to like what, what I want to play it. Like I'm a gearhead. I've always have been like, I've always, <laughs> I didn't get my driver's license till I was 19 because I would rather spend 120 bucks for the road test on pedals. <laughs> <laughs> I just took the bus everywhere. Like mooch rides from my, my now wife. <laughs> So it's always just been about gear. So now it's if I'm if if I am reaching out to a company, it's because they make something that I really want to try. Yep. And if companies are reaching out to me, it's you know there's been a couple we hasn't kind of said no thank you, but yeah. most of the stuff has been great. Like I just love gear. Yeah. I mean, and, and why not? If if you're if you're giving it a try, um, it's kind of like sushi, you know? Yeah. It's like I don't know what that is. I just I shouldn't eat it. No, it might actually be the like the best tasting thing you've ever well, had. And that's there. the thing. And there's been instances where, before I was doing the content stuff with pedals, I was I would buy a lot, but I was also a l- far more choosy. Yeah. And I'd have to try and justify stuff. Like so, one that sticks out to me is uh, that Greer Lightspeed. Mm-hmm. I've heard about it for years. Always wanted to try it, but I've got so many other you know light overdrives. I was like, I don't need to spend more money. I don't know. I don't know. I never bothered. Yep. And then started chatting with Nick and he goes, I'll send you some stuff to try out. And I remember live streaming it. And the minute I turned that pedal on, I was like, oh, mm. <laughs> like I should have had this years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is amazing. So those kind of moments are what I really enjoy. Just getting stuff that I, I might not have picked up otherwise and just getting blown away by stuff. I dig it. I can respect that. Um, and I found that, you know, at least with the builders that we've had on the show, they're really responsive to, you know, they, they want people to play the stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, you know, having somebody say, yeah, please do your thing with this, because not only do I want exposure, but everybody has echoed that how much, how, how great it feels when they see somebody have a great experience with their gear. Oh, I can imagine, yeah. Hmm. Like that—that's the message I've got from guys. We put up put up a video, and you know, you got Nick or who, whoever's running the brand reaching out, going, "Yeah, that's that's awesome!" Like, thanks so much. I think they just like seeing what people do with their stuff. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, what are some of the things that you um, favor as far as uh, gear and content that you're that you're trying to put out for everybody? Uh, I, I'm a big fuzz fuzz geek. I love fuzz pedals. At any time a fuzz comes up, I'm I'm absolutely game for it. 
<laughs> no question. <laughs> Aside from the Waza, is there what are a couple standouts for you right now? Uh, ones I love. So Super Hornet we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Love that. Um, Thorpey the Field Marshal. Mm-hmm. That one is a lot of fun. That's based on like the old Love Tone. Uh, big cheese, cheese ball, cheese. Yeah, big cheese. Mm-hmm. And that is like just a monster sounding fuzz. It's nasty. What else have I got this year? Yeah, there's been a few. Fuzz is one of those things. Like and Tony has gone on record. He's like he's not a really big fuzz guy. Mm-mm. Um, when do you tend to favor the tones that are like completely just maxed, just a wall of fuzz, or do you play sort of the lower end of? Do you what you favor? I find I go for that all out crazy right away. Yeah, but I have noticed I've I, I tend to roll back a little bit more than I used to. Mm. I used to, I always crank it just see what it does, how crazy I can get. And then, you know, somewhere in the middle ground. Mm-hmm. But I try and show off, like, anytime I'm doing a fuzz, I want to just show it getting as crazy as it can. When so. you're doing, a, when you're setting up a fuzz, this is something that I consider with, like, the little demos that, that I do, is that it's difficult sometimes to say what goes with this. Aside from, you know, a really cool delay or some, some big wet, uh, you know, modular effect um do you and do you like stacking it have you found success in stacking things with fuzzes some of them like it really depends on what it is like i've got a couple that just do not like to play well with anything Mm -hmm. and those are just what they are but there's a few now like that are a little more uh forgiving with signal chain Mm -hmm. so like that uh the newer boss was when they just released that fz1 that plays great anywhere like that sounds really nice i've got the the benson boost you know running those two together like stacked sounds great same with the light speed um what's the other one that's I was just oh that the benson fuzz as well that thing he like tricked out to work with anything the one i just picked up too uh fjord fuzz you guys have seen those like the copper top oh the uh berserk yeah yeah i just did a video with that pedal uh, this week and it's great he's designed that with like an impedance switch so that thing was stacking really nicely with a couple of pedals I had on the desk. So t- tell us about the impedance switch. Like what what, um, what does that do for you? So that's if you're running or if you want to run any sort of buffer in front or even a wah pedal, he's got like a second gain stage built into the front end of that thing mm-hmm. that depending how you've set the trim pot inside will either just sound the same, but now it's impedance match, so it'll deal with... It won't get weird with anything in front of it. Mm-hmm. Or you can go the opposite and crank that thing, and now it's almost like a goes from like a fuzz face to a tone bender. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty adjustable, which is cool. That's cool. And, uh, you know, we've covered this a, a couple times on the show, but would you mind giving at least your explanation on why that might be important uh, for any either new listeners or, or newer guitar players that haven't experienced... Or our or our experience actually like why am I, why does my fuzz pedal sound so weird up front? Yeah, yeah, I could I could try. Um, like I said some of the tech stuff I'll probably sound like an idiot, but we'll give it our best shot. Sure. For me, the biggest thing is just how it reacts with other pedals. Like having a wah pedal in front of it is going to give you a different sound than after. And depending how your rig's set up, you're going to want one or you know one or the other. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be the difference between like kind of a 
classic rock fuzz solo versus like a Tom Morello bulls on parade, like, you know, with that heavy, heavy filter. Right. So you're going to, you want that flexibility. Sometimes you want it in front and that's the tone you're going for. So if you've got a tool on the pedal, that's going to help it uh, work. Yeah. Perfect. Volume pedals tend to affect those. Um, and, uh, sometimes tuners and stuff. So yeah, it, I've had a couple weird, weird that ones. way. They are. I had a, Oh, was that a Dan drive earlier in the year? And even just plugging in a buffer later in the chain totally changed the sound. Mm. And I'd never had that before. That really threw me off. Mm. Like if anytime I turned on my delay pedal, the whole thing changed. It was crazy. Wow. It's like night and day. <laughs> Which did you like? It wasn't good, it sounds like. It was... Well, the good or bad it was just that much different. Like that's not the sound I would expect kicking yeah. on a delay pedal with my fuzz. It just became a whole nother thing. Yeah. So in your content that you're creating, what are some of the things that you are going to be, you know, are, are you um, kind of holding steady on the, what you're doing? Are you trying to do more and different things? Where, where are you going with this content thing you're doing? Uh, I'd like to do a little more like the YouTube side of things. I'd like to spend some more time on like some longer form videos. It's just been tough to find the time, you know, with like real life and trying to keep up on the Instagram side of things. Yeah. But I've got, uh, a friend of mine lent me the big Benson Chimera stack. Mm -hmm. So that's my, like, I'm chipping away at a nice little Monarch Chimera video I might get into some kind of long form demo stuff, but I'm I'm hesitant because everyone else just does it so well, and like right. everyone's got their own little niche. Like I don't think I'm going to say anything that someone else hasn't or has done better. But we might give it the old college try. <laughs> well, it's it's um, incredibly time consuming. The video yeah. aspect of things is just is bananas. Yeah, it uh, last year. My page was just photos, and it was great because I could get to my weekend and I could take two weeks worth of photos on a Saturday afternoon, mm -hmm. and I could just chill for two weeks. <laughs> and then <laughs> now with you know video and writing songs and recording, it's like I'm lucky to get a pedal done on a Saturday, yeah, and then still have to come up with stuff for the other six days of the week. Yeah, so it, I, I, it I definitely totally understand that. Yeah, it definitely takes takes a bit of a toll. I have so much fun, respect so. for the for the guys that are, t t you know, we mentioned Brett Kingman earlier. It's like colossal amounts of respect to people like him and and Ronquillo and all these other guys that are making these. Oh yeah, like proper YouTube demo things that yeah, uh, you know, they're coming up with backing tracks and you know all this stuff. I, I mean, for the for the, what we do, which is one minute wonder, it's literally a minute long. But that, you know, you have to go. Well, <laughs> yeah, what 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 song is this pedal or what riff is this pedal gonna render to me right now? And that can take yeah. who knows how long. It's like you just have yeah, to. Yeah, that's, that's days. Sometimes I've sat for a whole Saturday Sunday with one pedal and just not had something come to mind. And they're like, oh great, I just wasted a whole weekend. Like, yeah, and it can be super duper frustrating. It's not unlike uh, songwriting and stuff where you're just like. I know there's something here. I just, I can't, I can't seem to get to it the right way. 
Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, and then all the editing and everything. So, wh- f- ladies and gentlemen, when you're seeing these demos that are being made, either uh, by our friend that we're talking to right now or any of the other superb people out there that are doing it, take the, if you like it, take the time to comment on what you're seeing. Don't, it, a like is great, but honestly, it does make a big difference when, when we put out, uh, when we take the time to do that and you just get a little bit, a little comment back. It, it means a lot. It really does because you, you're making a connection with somebody. Yeah, I require validation. I'm a human. <laughs> <laughs> Love me. <laughs> so, Love me. <laughs> William John Bennett III, who are uh, some of your favorite guitar players? Great question, Tony. Oh, guitar players. I am a... Yeah, Queens of Stone Age, I said earlier, is one of yep. my favorite bands. Yep. Like Josh Homme, Troy Van Leeuwen, like those guys really influence how I like to like stack parts and, and think about riffs and things like that. Uh, John Frusciante, Chili Peppers, that was like one yep. of my, uh, when I was younger, going from like being a Nirvana fan to like, oh, you can play more than power chords. Okay, like that's the guy that showed, <laughs> like, showed me there was more. Uh, and like now, like uh, Jason Isbell, I'm a huge fan of his. His playing's just insane. Uh, trying to think off the top of my head if I'm I'm sure I'm missing lots well, of you, you hit influential a, you hit a, hit, people, but you hit a couple of uh, top ones there. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, how, what about inf- influences beyond like? Uh, did you have any like when you were coming up uh, in your teens? It, who was influencing you there? Oh yeah, teens like Nirvana was. That was the first one. I was like, this is. This is music. This is what I'm all about. Mm. That was like somebody understands me. You didn't like the hair metal before that. Uh, That was a little before my time, so it wasn't. uh, I think even really the Nirvana thing was before my time too. But it just it just hit. I remember when that hit. It changed. It changed the music that was played. It just. It was overnight. It was unbelievable. But I've got even a more interesting question to ask. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Jared segues. I need to, I'm going to do a show that just has Jared segues in it. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I am all ears with it. I'll listen to myself. Segways. So what's your dream guitar? So, it, you know, what guitar out there would you love someone to send you to demo? Like if it's to have to have unattainable or attainable, what's your dream guitar to have? Uh, well, I'm lucky and fortunate enough to have two of them with that 355 and the Frank brothers. Those were two like bucket list item guitars for me. Nice. Uh, the other one that I would love, I like a 63, 64 jazz master. Nice. I, I want it beat, beat to shit. Mm-hmm. Sunburst, mm-hmm. and I want it so bad. And I had to, when I bought my Gibson, the shop had a 1960 Jazzmaster in, and another store had a 63. And I just sat there like, what do I do? I can't. I there's no way I could make both. Yeah. And uh, I went with the Gibson. And I don't regret it because I have a like a 62 reissue Jazzmaster that's great, but I still want like that beat up Sunburst one day, one day. You'll have it. Boom. The Jared the Jared's genie. sending you one. Get it, send him <laughs> yeah. your uh, shipping info. Jared is willing it yeah, to I, you. I mean, maybe not this decade, but I mean, you'll get 
<laughs> That's fine. Uh, I can enjoy it later. You're having a baby next year, Oof. maybe a couple decades. Really yeah, pulled the rug out from him on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not happening but anytime soon. But you will get it. You will get it. Yeah. One day, the right one will come up, and the timing will be right, and I'll make something happen. Exactly. Uh, we had a guest on really early. Uh, he was a, a friend of mine that um, he was a. He he he's still alive. I, I'm talking about him <laughs> like he's in the past, but he's kind of retired. He was a Poor one pretty. Uh, he was like a jazz teacher, and he played in all kinds of places around here. And he was a jazz musician. And he had uh, a, Tony. Do you remember the? I, I th- want to say it was is it sixty three jazz master. I feel like it was the sixties. Sixty. Yeah, it was yeah. really early, really really early, and it was uh, the white. Um, well, for jazz masters, that's not really early. No, but it was over the it was over the sunburst. Oh, oh cool. that's right. Yeah. Okay. So, and he had the original back uh, plastic uh, buckle guard on it. Yep. Uh, okay. Have you, ever, cool. have you seen those before? I have. Yeah. I mean, and it, it was it, he's owned it the entire time. He I guess he showed the price tag. I believe he still had in the case. I mean, <laughs> wow! It's crazy, I love it. Yeah, that was that was pretty special handling that thing. It was really really neat. Um, well, hey man, this has been a super good time talking with you. Um, for your channel and what you're doing, is there anything you'd like to share as we as we uh, wind up the interview about what you're doing and and how you want to relate to everybody else? Uh, I think right now the plans to just keep mo- doing what I'm doing. I've got a lot of stuff uh, lined up for the next probably couple months worth from the sounds of it. New releases, uh, gear that's been out for a while, but just kind of fresh looks at it. Uh, there's always going to be something. I try and have a new video once or twice a week. Like There's always something, hmm. which has been great. Right on. Looking forward to it. Um, it's another great way to see the gear that we're all interested in um, portrayed in, in a different way. And as many players and pedals and guitars and amps that are out there, we want to see and hear it all. So thank you for doing Absolutely. what you're doing, man. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on, boys. We're going to... We're going to pile in the El Camino. You can ride in the back, um, and we're going to take a quick ride and pull up at Jared's little log cabin down there in uh, Tennessee and hope he doesn't give us both barrels as we do. Uh, but, as long as we have shakes. Yes, as long as we have shakes and donuts. And it's too late. They close at 8 o'clock. <laughs> uh, Jared, what you got going on over there? Well, climb on into the... El Camino. And uh, join me for this Would You Rather. Then uh, we're going to head down to Mexico with uh, Ricardo Higareda. Is that how That's you correct. Higareda. He's not Italian. <laughs> right. Higareda. Yeah. So, Iguareta. Ricardo, thank you very much for sending this in. Say you're on a trip to Mexico. We're on a trip to Mexico. And you're walking down the street. On your way to a little jam at a local cantina, and then, boom! (laughs) Ouch. Beat up taxi clips your case and smashes the neck on your acoustic you brought along. You're you're screwed. It's all ruined and stuff. Luckily, there is a taco stand nearby. 
Yes, you well, naturally. <laughs> Thanks, you're that's always good. A plate full of delicious local tacos, you realize there is a music shop across the street. And fortunately, they have two guitars to choose from. Now, by the way, the taco stand, they put cilantro on the tacos. Yeah. And it's really good. So. And onions. Would you rather <laughs> play a vintage handmade, a little, it's, it, you know, it's a little crude, but, uh, and, and it's an acoustic guitar made from solid woods from Mexico, or a modern mass produced plywood acoustic guitar imported from a cheap place. The reason behind China. the question you can say is China, that, it's fine. Well, the reason behind this question is that Mexico has a city that is known for making excellent yet a little crude acoustic guitars. But it sounds like it doesn't matter because of the wood. This has changed due to the rising costs, and Mexico has begun to import a massive amount of Chinese made acoustics. That was brought in to us by uh, Ricardo Igareda, and yeah, I think he's, he actually spends a lot of time down there, from what I understand, from the little that we've talked. Uh, so he's coming from experience as far as how that market is changing, and that is one of the things that, you know, when you have a regionally crafted thing that is, you know, historically you, you can rely on, and, and those mus- musicians have been playing for so long, and you can go down there and get one made from a special, you know, luthier down there that has been, they've been doing it in their family for hundred years or whatever. Yeah, it sounds like that's kind of going the way of the dodo a little bit. So, yeah. uh, so it's a good question. Would you rather play the uh, the, the crudely made uh, Mexican wood? Mm-hmm. But it's crudely. You said it's crude, so there's. You know, goods and bads about both items. Yes, that's true. Crude, yeah, crude, crudely made real Mexican wood uh, guitar or the plywood cheap Chinese version that he explains. Yes. All right. That probably looks a little better visually. Well, or different. Uh, yeah. Tony, we're going to hear from him first, and then we're going to check in with Jared and then around the horn to William John Bennett the third and myself. Okay, Tony, go. Well, I would say Chinese-made instruments have come a long way in the last probably five or ten years. Maybe agreed. I mean, and geographically, and geographically, <laughs> um, but across <laughs> <laughs> many oceans. Yes. <laughs> um, but I would say in this instance, since I'm going to be in Mexico and I'm near a town that's known for its Mexican instruments. Even though it's maybe a little crude, mm-hmm. uh, maybe it, but it, it's it's made from solid wood and it was made down there. I'm gonna go with the Mexican-made instrument um, because they're you know sometimes it, it may not be as pretty as the other one, but or maybe it's prettier. Well, it may sound. I mean, to me, it's mother a, of pearl inlay all over the place and everything. Anyhow, so I, I think that's the direction. As long as it plays well and sounds good, I don't really care what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So I'm going with the Mexican-made domestic instrument rather than the cheap import. All right. Jared? Definitely 100% the Mexican-made, uh, Mexican wood, even if it's a little crude, 
Um, I have real life experience uh, working along the side of of some Mexican craftsmen, and they take a lot of pride in their work. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm never I'd never shy away from what our neighbors down south make. So I'm definitely going to go with the uh, the Mexican made. And I think you raise a good point there, Jared, because a handcrafted instrument may not always be perfect, but you know they're not using CNC equipment and stamping these things out, you know, a thousand at a time. Mm-hmm. It's one exactly, at, one being made one at a time, made instrument. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, William John Bennett the third. Should we should we even bother asking? Tell us what you I- would do. I'm not going to go uh, against the grain here. <laughs> Smart. Move. I mean, I feel like uh, I'm on vacation. I can play an import guitar at home. Let's uh, see what Mexico has to offer. Yeah. Right. 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 When, when are you going to try one again? I'd love to try a nice handmade acoustic. Yeah. I'm going to be doing the same thing for two reasons. Number one, um, they you're going to get a sound that is just that guitar sound which I think is really cool. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that we all enjoy about the boutique gear that we talk about so much. Um, and the second thing is I, I grew up in Southern California. I've been to Mexico a ton of times. I grew up in a, in a neighborhood that you could hear the music at night, and there is just something really special about that kind of guitar sound. Um, they don't sound like, you know, it's not like, Takamini. It doesn't sound the same at all, you know? Um, and so I, I really like that stuff, and so I would be thrilled to death to be able to play one of those. Sounds yep. like it's unanimous. Yes. Well, Ricardo, I don't, I don't know if you were trying to stump us there. I hope we didn't let you down, but uh, that was a great question. And uh, raising a little bit of awareness there. That was kind of neato. So... Uh, we need to thank a few people, and then we're going to let our friend William John Bennett third go. You're right, Todd, because at this point of the show, there's a very special group of people that we love to thank. These Ooh. are our executive producers, Jared. Oh. These are people that help make this podcast possible. Oh, yeah. Now, you might be asking yourself, what is an executive producer? But the question you really should be asking yourself is, how can I become an executive producer? Quite simple, folks. Go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Check out a couple different levels in which you can participate and become a sponsor, a patron of this very podcast. Mm. Each level comes with a great bevy of gifts, thank you gifts, things like Oh, T-shirts and stickers and pics and all the good stuff. All the good stuff. But as an executive producer, there's one thing more. Jared? You get to have your name read on the thing, man. Your name read on the thing. That's what I'm going to do right now. So sit back in your seats, buckle your seatbelts. Here we go. Tom Barazin, Darren Gregory, Doug Crist, Ken Sayers. Michael Senchuk, Stefan Lamb, Anthony Lathrop, John Anglin, John Esterly, Justin Jones, James White, Matt Hart, Bill Gola Guitars, Richard Kendall, John Jackson, Jason Rausch, Gary Cooper, Mark Gotten, Elad Mazrahi, Mike D. 
Trevor Gunberg, Rick Calhoun, Anthony Gemolero, John Helverson, Drew Lopez, and Vader in Pedals. What's that, Todd? Yep. We have a new one? Yep. Hot off the presses. This. Well, kind of hot off the press. Off of last episode's press. Off of last episode's press. Moon Guitars! That's correct. Welcome on board, Moon Guitars. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, wait, Todd. There's more because we have another group. Mm -hmm. We call them our Grand Poobas. These are executive producers plus plus. Yes. These executive producers have their own special penthouse suite in which they bathe in their individual hot tubs of some unknown orange liquid. Yes, Gatorade, possibly. Possibly Gatorade. We're not sure. Orange crush. Could be rusty water. Yeah, Fanta. (laughs) Ooh, Fanta. Yeah. Fanta. Anyhow, they also have a fez to place upon their head. That's correct. And it's required while they listen to the podcast that they wear it. So I'm I'm watching you. Without getting it wet. I'm watching all of you. You'd better have your fezzes on. So special, special, special thanks to these grand poobas. Jonathan Jerusik, Corey Nigro, David Kaminga, Science of Sound, Cody Foster, Sean S. S. Tommy Manasco, Adam Johnson, Steve Keys, Tim Nowak, Tyler Rines, James Pennington, LSJ Music Company, John Williams, Johnny Morales, Mel Sanders, Bob Crouch, Sam Jett, Michio Murakishi, Martin Cliff, Hex Matos, Michael Van Zant, Brian Robison, John Daly, Ricardo Igareda, Brandon Wound Pickups. Yep. And wait. And Brandon Wound Pickups. And Brandon Wound Pickups is new. Yes, that's right. Thank you all so very much for supporting our show. It keeps our wheels going, and the uh, you know moderate exhaust fumes uh, <laughs> kept to a bare minimum coming out the back end of our tank. So uh, we need to thank a, a great big thanks, give a great big thanks to uh, William John Bennett III. No one's going to forget that name. <laughs> Not if I can do anything about it. Yeah. So thanks for joining <laughs> us, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's been fun. Good. And uh, remind everybody where they can go see what you're doing. Uh, you can find me on Instagram uh, and TikTok at uh, William John Bennett III, and on YouTube at uh, WJB3, the number three. There you go. Glad we got that sorted out. Uh, Tanya, where, where, what's going on? Well, let's just say you need a special pick guard made for your special guitar. Yep. Go over to PickGuardian.com. Check out some of the wares that I have available. But by and large, what I do is custom work. So shoot me an email. Let me know it's what. Good you... enough for Joe Bonamassa. Ah, uh, well, you know he's he has good, excellent taste, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, but shoot me an email. Let me know what you need, what you're thinking, and uh, I will make you something that you're going to be so happy. You're going to squeal like a pig. Yeah, you got all the fantastic materials over there, too. Ones that you are very difficult to find online and stuff. Sometimes. I'll need a pick guard. I'll need a pick guard coming up. All right. Jared, where can have you got your Instagram sorted out yet? 
So you can get a hold of me through the guitar knobs stuff. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> All right. And you can send me an email, Todd at the guitar You can also DM me on Instagram at guitar knobs. We'd love to hear what's going on with you. Send us your would you rathers. And uh, we really appreciate you out there listening and supporting our show. And you know what? Just tell one friend. Tell one friend about us. Do that for us, will you? Hmm. Um, also, you can check out uh, my band's music, The Valentinos, on Spotify and iTunes and all that business. So go and give us a listen, okay? Have a fantastic guitar week, everybody, and subscribe! Yeah. yeah. Is this better? Yeah, it's much better. Yeah. Donnie a baloney! Yeah, that'll work. It's still That'll work, yeah. right? I'm a, I'm a train conductor on... Uh, Oh, we should have had uh, Esterly Are you kidding on. me? John yeah. Esterly from uh, you know, Rare, Rare Buzz Effects. He's a train guy. He's a train guy. Oh, yeah? Guy. Yeah. yeah. That's... <laughs> I really wish he was sitting right there. He would have fell out of his chair. Like, he what probably. are the odds that we got two train conductors on? <laughs> yeah, there's some Canadian action for you there. You seem to be a halfway handsome chap, so that Ooh. at least we're still... We're, we're, we're halfway handsome, too, so. Perfect. We're a I'm, I'm bunch of sixes just talking gear. Yeah. <laughs> I resemble that remark. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot of, a lot of railroader people. people yeah, maintenance know, I, people, people that work on brakes. And you met Jared. You met Jared. Yeah. I just said that. I just said that. Um, um, all right. All right. Here we go. Yeah. And then everyone I talked to, I was like, what do you do? Train conductor. Like, wow. That's my dream. And I was like, really? Like, Well, they just want to blow the whistle, right? Yeah, it's true. I'm, uh, I'm just outside Toronto. Oh, Canada. So you're in Canada, eh? Yes, yeah, sir. All right. You, you just went right for... Yeah. You didn't even get the lowest hanging fruit. You got the apples that are rotting on the ground right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, can I get some ketchup? Where's your wife from? Bellevue, Ohio. And where do they have trains there? A couple. <laughs> So one, they, a couple, couple of tracks. You, you get to know. All right, bring it on. Oh, that looks really. I'm actually on the site. Let now. me get great. a little bit of that. How about this? <laughs> I think we need to he's write had, it on had, your shirt. He's had two weeks off. Not living here. Yeah. No way. Nice. Too many trains at night. Too many if, trains. If there are no trains, you don't hear a horn, and you live there, you don't know what the hell to think. You don't know what's going on. Mm. No. It was, oh man, boy, do I sound like an idiot. Ooh, smack. Oh, I got smacked right there. I has <laughs> got geography. Lovable I need dude. Calories to live. <laughs> Sustenance. Yes. All of them. Talk about some gear and. Are you out in a boot? Jeez. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> no, get them all out. Come on. I was out a, in, I, yeah. I, this, is, this is really uh, easy and, to understand. Yeah, I took really. the words right out of your mouth. No. How often does a train go by? Yeah. Uh, so often you don't even notice. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> so I don't get paid enough for <laughs> Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at Guitar Knobs.
Catch you next time.